Hi Sufyan. Uh, I am Nadia from Zen Onco and Love Heals Cancer. We guide cancer patients on adopting an integrative oncology treatment approach. We help them find the balance between mainstream treatment and complementary treatment approaches. We help patients with a team of oncologists, lab experts, nutritionists and other healthcare professionals so that the best treatment outcome is given to the patient, correct? Mm. Right. So we also help in connecting other patients through and cancer uh, warriors and survivors like yourself here uh, through their inspirational journeys because when someone goes through such a situation they have a lot of queries that go unanswered right so yeah. that way we try to connect uh, patients with other patients who have gone through such a situation and we also want to share these inspirational journeys to motivate others and bring in inspiration right okay so today we have with us sufian and he is here to tell us his entire story we we can't wait to listen to him and how he has reached and become the person that he is today wow uh, it's thanks for all the appreciation yeah. i'm not so worthy though but yeah thanks <laughs> you inspire us already but still yeah you think so <laughs> how high all would right. a person think of himself yeah <laughs> all right not a lot of people go through what you go through and yeah. to come out of it and be so positive and be so um, optimistic about life about having the right attitude is not easy and we want to know what how you went through it we want to know how how you dealt with it right absolutely and it's an honor for me actually that uh, i'm i've been got i've got selected for such an important thing so that that my life story my struggle story would become an inspiration for the others struggling with this um, uh, okay the dangerous norm the society has uh, titled it as cancer right and if i would be of any help if even one person gets encouraged because of my story and doesn't give up then the purpose of my life would be fulfilled amazing amazing this is why i said the inspiration already comes from you see that see that personality already there <laughs> right let's start shall we so yeah. let's let's start with your diagnosis when did this all start let's start uh, my diagnosis actually if i would tell you the pre story of my diagnosis then it would go like uh, i was just 5 5 and a half okay 5 and a half years old uh, during those times i used to have frequent stomach and body aches Uh, and this condition got worsened when my uh, when when I used to eat anything, right. and as soon as it got it got out mm, through my esophagus and restarting my stomach, my stomach used to start aching a lot. Okay. So my father was a bit tense. He took me to a childcare specialist in the nearby city of Lasnagar, hmm. and then the there the doctor she was a child speci- specialist. She the she took a diagnosis of me. It took about two to three days. She's uh, I mean. she gave us sonography and that sonography showed that i had a lump in my spleen okay uh the, the part of my spleen was swollen so right. because of that they told uh, the doctor suggested that doctor advised that i should be taking care in a bigger hospital with a lot of you know uh what do you say where the treatment is much higher and with the, the all the equipments available yeah so my uh, my father he took me to a Uh, another a great hospital in Thane. It is a very renowned hospital. I won't take the name right now because no, no endorsements, right? So, uh, my father took me there to the to the hospital in Thane. There, the hospital was such prestigious uh, that the 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 doc that uh, hospital uh, staff this the hospital management they said that this is something uh, new for us. Okay, this is something new for us. What a rare friend, case, what, you mean? Yeah, a rare case. Whatever pain you're going through, we need to diagnose it very well so that we can get the actual problem which you're facing. Okay, right. and the diagnosis itself would cost about uh, more than two to three lakhs. Right. At that point of time, in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and my father, he he didn't. Um, I mean, I mean, I actually belong to a very middle class family. Okay, and my father having a mediocre job, uh, it wasn't possible for him to just spend two to three lakhs for the diagnosis itself. so we were suggested to go to a hospital where which which was made only for cancer itself which was right. made for cancer itself and mainly child childhood cancer survivors right okay uh, so we went uh, 
we were taken to wadia hospital in parel mumbai we were taken to the we were taken to wadia hospital and there it took a bit of time took a bit of time for the diagnosis but later it was discovered that i had uh, blood cancer burkitt's okay. lymphoma uh, specifically if you wanted to yeah um, and what stage was it as, yeah when it was diagnosed i was at stage 4 last stage okay. i was already at the last stage but it was all a great uh, it, it was all a grace of god that i was just uh, mere 6 years old so i couldn't remember anything i just knew that i had some kind of disease which i was going through uh, due to which i had frequent body aches frequent stomach aches and the only support pillar which i had were my parents the way they told me that the, the way they told me that don't worry everything's everything's going to be fine you are you are just uh, you, you will be you will be here for just like one or two months they'll admit you and then you will get fine as you were before and you will be able to play with your friends i i am so thankful that i did not have cancer at this age because i could just not imagine what phase i would be going through i understand wow sorry it's okay please take your time not an issue at all okay your parents are your biggest inspiration i can see yeah, yeah. Uh, they are they you are their best and only son yes <laughs> anyway and then what happened uh, okay and then the diagnosis was done the diagnosis was done and then the i mean okay i was diagnosed the results came out and it showed that i had burkitt's lymphoma a type of blood cancer right uh, the a, a cancer in, lymph, in the lymphs Okay, yes. the cancer from yes. the limbs. So, uh, okay, the treatment itself started in Wadia. Mm-hmm. We were told to get uh, support because Wadia Hospital is a trust uh, managed managed hospital. Managed, it's the hospital managed by trust. So, mm-hmm. also along with the trust, there were many NGOs, another yes. trust person personalities coming over to the hospital and checking out for children Correct. who were suffering from cancer. So that if they are in need of anything they could help uh, they could help them with it mm-hmm. then to i mean wait, to get the help from the trust personalities in in those ba- those times in back in 2009 so was like okay they were willing to help but it would take a lot of time mm. and what i had was i had to start my treatment right away as i was already in the last stage right so my father he somehow managed to get the funds and started my treatment right away we thought of getting help but due to the due to the time management we couldn't okay so that's how it happened as time managers uh, exactly? time management as in i my treatment had to get started right away with uh, with all the with all, everything which was possible all okay. the chemos and everything all the medications whatever was possible right but but if you contact the trust personalities and ngos then the procedure was long because there were not there were many children and patients like me who were in need so that would take a longer time because of for the time uh, that for i mean i didn't have much time i had to start with my right away so my father thought of not getting getting help but rather managing funds on his own most of the time in cases of cancer it is like that because time is of the essence right right every minute every second counts always when it is in such a situation and uh, the way you've shared your story here right now is just amazing because it's uh, how you the initial diagnosis happened and i just want uh, one more query i have asked mm. um, was there the only symptom the stomach aches were there any other symptoms as such like uh, did uh, did you uh, recall as far as i remember i had stomach aches because as a child i told you i was just 5 or 6 the memories whatever what i have are faint right now so whatever uh, problems i went through at that time like i remember that i had stomach aches my body used to pain like anything even after playing a little bit i used right. to play a little with my friends and my body used to pain like anything my legs used to pain like anything and whatever food i used to gulp in my stomach did not accept it it wanted to throw it off i felt like vomiting my stomach used to ache and that's all. i don't remember anything more such of more such as uh, the symptom types right yeah, symptom and when you when you went to the doctors like once the treatment w- oh, how how was your 
I mean, uh, I know you need to uh, ask your parents more about this, but when you're consulting the doctor, like when the treatment um, uh, plans were put out to you, how did you know what what did your dad do at such a situation? Like, how my did dad, he pick up? My dad. Okay. My, for my dad, what was important wasn't that he doesn't have funds. Mm-hmm. What was important was my health. Right. My health was more important than anything else. So he was like, okay, if this is the problem, if this is what my child is going through, let's start the treatment right away, whatever the doctor suggestion, because doctors were the only who. Right. They knew better than uh, any of us. They knew better than any of us what, 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 what my condition was. And my condition was what I was going through and how much time if I delay, then the condition will get worsened. Right. So the these were all the things the doctors knew. My dad, my parents did all. They just did what the doctors said. Right, right, right. Also, yeah. the what were the treatments that you went through? Like, how was your, uh, how were the caregivers in the hospital to you? How how explain uh, were, that journey? Uh, okay. The journey in the hospital. Okay. As a child, I was a playful child. Since my like since my birth, I was always playful. I loved making new friends wherever I went. I, uh, since I have, I was, uh, left out with my friends over here in the, in my neighborhood and vicinity near where I live, I made new friends in the hospital itself, uh, my ward mates, you know, because there's a big ward, the ward is very big and there are a lot of beds, there are a lot of beds. So the bed with which you're sleeping in, sleeping on, there's, there are more beds at, there are, there's one bed at your right side, one bed at your left side. Yes. And then you will see more beds in the front and the back. So these children, children like me who are in the hospital suffering from cancer, who we have? We have no one except for our mothers and caregivers and uh, the, the other children who are suffering from cancer. So it was all good that whenever we were going through our treatment, we were put those chemotherapies, the, all the medications, uh, and we only had these friends. We used to laugh together for the time being, whenever we are free, and then play together, roam out in the world. That's it. right, right. Uh, and uh, what were the treatments that you went through? Treatments that I went through. Yeah. Uh, what, specifically, what you're talking about? As as a cancer patient, you would uh, have gone through certain uh, number of cycles of chemotherapy, number of cycles of radiation. Uh, what were your treatments? Uh, okay. The treatment plan. I was given six chemotherapies. Right. I was given six chemotherapies uh, in the span of one month each. Okay. okay. One month each. And then it happens like the first, the first chemos, first three to four chemos, they're, they're, I mean, they're very good. Mm-hmm. They don't harm you as much. But the last, the, but the last two to three chemos, they're like, okay. Those are harmful. Those can uh, even, I mean, what happens during the chemotherapy is when whenever yes. chemo goes in, through inside your body, it kills all the cells. Either it be good or bad. It kills all of your cells. So, okay. The cancer is also uh, exacerbated by cells. Okay. Okay. So when your bad cells get destroyed, as well as uh, uh, along with your bad cells, even your good cells get destroyed. Yes. So one person may get a hell lot weak because of those uh, destruction of the cells. Okay. So the last stage is what is hap- what it happens is that when your good cells get destroyed, you feel, you fall sick. Right. You know, it happens to all the cancer patients that during the last chemos they start losing their hair. I lost yes. all of my body hair. I lost all of my body hair. I lost. Uh, I lost my hair. My uh, this. My hair, my eyelashes, my eyebrows, all of the body hair was vanished. Okay. Right. And uh, some, okay, I don't know how to say this, but some, I told you, there were ward mates. Some of them ward mates, they felt so sick that they could not survive the last chemo, chemo stages. So they passed out in the last ones. Okay. okay so. Right. I understand. I understand. And uh, uh, how did you cope with this? There must have been so many difficulties on your body I as well. How did you cope with it? I mean, your mental state also wouldn't have been at the best. I know you were very young and uh, you still did go through a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
and i can only imagine a young person going through something like that you know uh, that requires a lot of mental courage it requires a lot of mental strength and trust me you're you're it <laughs> yeah please go on so uh, it happened like during the chemo stages okay you're also i don't know what the purpose was for them but you're also injected some liquid into your spine okay okay also they are also injected some liquid into your spine at the interval of 2 to 3 months right i guess right. i don't remember as much but that that is that was called something like iv what, okay what they did was the doc, the head doctor we, we we were taken to we were taken out of our ward into mm. uh, a place where all these uh, actions took place mm. and then the child was put on his chest Hmm. and then the uncles used to hold his hands and legs so that he doesn't move and the doctor used to inject something with the spine and that was so so painful you know that was so so painful all the children they used to shout they used to scream they used to scream like anything and i i'm not going to i mean uh, what do you say i'm not going to praise my own self but i had got a hold of it so yeah. at the first time i did scream but since the second time it happened to me uh, i mean they injected that injected that liquid like three to four times mm. but after the first time i had got a hold of it and the second time i did not speak a word i was yeah. quiet like anything and yeah. for that i also got an appraisal from <laughs> uh, an ngo that this child is so brave that he did not being just six years old he did not shout or cry for that that thing because it was it was very painful and i was given a bravery award too for that wow amazing <laughs> amazing and not only that like um, you were just uh, you knew what was coming yeah the first time you did it you knew how the pain is so you prepared yourself yeah i did prepare myself yeah. it, it, it won't take more than 10 minutes i have to hold my hold that thing inside for me for at least 10 minutes i don't want to show that i'm weak i didn't want to show that i'm weak wow i want to show that i'm stronger than other, than the other kids oh my god i mean as a child we tend to think like that yes <laughs> i know the feeling you know you want to show that superiority yes yes <laughs> and I, i mean definitely it's not easy i can imagine the pain you would have gone through having to hold that in for 10 minutes wow 10 minutes is, would have been like the longest time <laughs> at that point wow okay and um, other than this what are the other things that you would say that helped in your recovery and help in your level of uh, your mental state today okay while going through this so were there any out. hobbies that you picked up were there any uh, like how did you manage okay so i would i remember these things from those days when i my, when my treatment was going on what happened was during the first stages of chemo okay during the first stages of chemo I had got an infection in my throat okay. due to which I could not eat anything. Hmm. Any solid food was not, I mean, it was difficult for me to uh, gulp it, to swallow it. Because okay. as soon as you used to put the food inside, yeah, they, you used to pain a, lot, pain a lot. It felt like as if there were solid things, solid spiky things here stuck in. So uh, as the food went inside, they used to crush with that spiking thing and then cause pain. I it would feel, feel like that to me hmm. so i was basically on liquids like juices and all and that patli dal and all things yeah, yeah. so uh, it happened like uh, there was this doctor she was she, she was the greatest doctor i would say she was a great doctor she used to do all the things for the cancer patients either be it the bone marrow or the bone marrow test or the iv test she used to do everything yeah the all the, all the children in the world as well as the other wards were afraid of her because of the looks she gave <laughs> she was pretty i could <laughs> <laughs> okay think of it right now she was pretty but okay she was strict she was very strict so once my my uh, she was she told my mother that force to force me to eat uh, in solid things mm. so that that could get uh, cured quickly okay yeah she told my mother so she advised my mother to uh, feed me solid things but yeah. i couldn't i just couldn't so once she came at the lunch time and told me that 
Sufyan, if you do not eat whatever your mom is giving you, I might have to take you for another bone marrow test. I oh my God. So scared. I was so scared. Damn, I couldn't even just imagine it. And the looks, Bapre, as a child, as a child is also, uh, okay, frightened by the looks the other person gives, the adult gives. Yeah. You don't just have to get beatings. You're also yeah. scared by the looks the other, the other adult person gives you. Yes, so yes. I was scared by that and also thinking about the bone marrow test I have <laughs> to go through again. What was the previous uh, pain uh, useful for? Right. All in vain. So I thought of that and then due, due to that fear, I somehow managed to grab that food in. And since that day, every day I used to, I resumed eating solid food. Wow. She ha- you All you needed was that little push. And you were there. <laughs> Actually, yeah. That initial push to get you where you are. I mean, it's so beautiful to see you sit here and talk about these things. And, you know, you're going back. You're going yeah, back. I'm, I'm when you're ex- Yeah, even when you're telling me these things, you're explaining your story, you're going back, you're going down that memory and reliving it with me. And I am so, I'm so, I'm so filled with so much joy watching you explain this. <laughs> like, a, I mean, it's beautiful to me. You're explaining your childhood as a teenager, <laughs> by the way. So, so um, even when you're saying that he, uh, she was pretty, I'm thinking, oh, okay, he noticed that also. <laughs> I was too yeah. young for, to notice that that time. But when I when I remember the, those things back, I think, ha, huh, okay, that doctor, huh, she was pretty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I couldn't contact her now. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> so talk about your other other caregivers in the other than from the hospital, like friends who came to uh, meet you, okay. other families. So okay, the the hosp- when I was in the hospital with my mother, uh, my mother was me with all the time. At that time, my sec- younger sister, she was just two years old. Okay. My mother had to leave my two-year-old sister with my grandma grandmother. And she was staying all her time with me in the hospital. Right. Okay. So right. I some somewhere think that whatever I went through had a toll on my younger sister as well. She couldn't get the motherly love she was she wanted. Hmm. Okay, during her initial stages. Okay. She couldn't get the motherly love. So I somewhere feel that it shouldn't have happened at that time. How many years uh, was she I mean the, did the treatment occur? Like it took a year, that, right? Huh, it took not not a year, a little less than a year. And then later on, I was like on medications. I was called for frequent checkups so that they could test. Yes, follow-up. Right. Follow-ups to test, test if there was a relapse. If you talk about the hospital days, okay. Mm-hmm. Talk about the hospital days when I was in the hospital with my mother. At that time, the hospital food, my God, it was so, so... Uh, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say anything about food, but yeah, it was so tasteless. Like the dal was, you could correspond the dal to a little semi-solid water. Okay, some semi-solid water. Okay, the dal was semi-solid water. Secondly, there was no salt or spices, uh, and the chawal also did did not have any salt. You have to eat those uh, tasteless food. I was so, so fed up with it. But it, it happened like my uncle, my father's elder brother, my uncle, he was always there for me. You know, okay. traveling from Ambarnath to Paril, it takes yeah, about two hours. It takes about two hours, okay? Yeah. So my uncle, he used to prepare something for me from his house by himself or by my auntie. He used to prepare something from me uh, from his house Travel two hours to Parel, come to the hospital and feed me the food. That so, is the kind of love you were getting. That is the kind of love I got during those times. And I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now and I cherish them. I really do cherish them. Wow. Okay, I had such supporting pillars with me during my times of problem. Yes. And also, what would you have to say to people who are not so lucky as you? Ah, uh, Okay. People who are not so lucky as me, remember, there's always God. If you have no one, you have God. You just don't have to, you just don't have to lose your hope. God, you cannot say that God 
is in humans, but God can be disguised as humans, which are doctors. Okay, right. you have to. Ju- you just have to need that faith in the doctors, which are treating your child or treating you yourself. Don't mm-hmm. lose hope. There's still a chance you may survive. Just Look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's always said. There's a quote in English. Well, begun is half done. Exactly. Right. Well, begun is half done. If you have that courage, okay, I'm going through it. I'll conquer it. I'll become a victor of cancer. Then you have already conquered the half war. Half the job is done by then. Yeah, you have already conquered half of the war. Wow! You just have to go. Amazing. You just have to pass the other half. Amazing, amazing. Even to hear you talk right now with so much of positivity and so much of like, bring it on. I will do it. You can throw me anything right now. <laughs> That is the kind of attitude you're talking to me with right now, and oh. I I feel so happy looking at this person that. you know they would have at one point gone through so much that right now they are at a level of power not a, a level of oh just that okay fine this was my life this is how it all happened yes no this is just uh, 10 notches uh, above that and notches <laughs> because 10 years have already passed yes 10 years have already passed yes correct correct almost almost 10 years right more than wow. 10 years more than 10 years yeah and tell us about your parents um, have they disclosed to you what they went through and how they uh... yeah, they did actually when uh, okay i was ju- i told you before that i was just 6 hmm. i went through all that i got uh, treated i got well i was brought back to my home i was brought back to where i le- where i live okay so then it happened like After a few years, uh, in the initial years after my treatment got completed, I was taken care of as a special child. Okay. I was taken care of as a special child. I was given uh, boiled food, boil uh, boiled water. Okay. My mm-hmm. father used to uh, my father didn't even allow boiled water. He used to bring packaged water from outside okay. every every month. He used to bring many bottles or that uh, one fifty liter can for that can for that for for me. every yeah. month i used to drink that packaged water and i always felt that why am i getting treated so specially what special is me i have a younger sister as well shouldn't she be treated same as me yeah these were the thoughts running in my mind those times okay hmm. and also i remember that uh, because that uh, i had just completed my treatment i was only kept at home okay it was it was like a home arrest for me during those times right i was kept at home i wasn't allowed to go out and play with my friends to mingle with them i was told that don't uh, tire yourself by my parents don't tire yourself and tell us if anything happens to you if you feel any pain if you feel that uh, you are suffering a cold or if you are coughing then tell us yeah okay and do not tire yourself so much like others so that you might uh, fall sick these were the guidelines i would say guidelines like uh, in school what your parents would have what the teachers tell you every time and your parents were doing the same mm. these were the guidelines i had to follow and i already did okay and also i was uh, not not me but my parents were told to were told by the doctors that if after the treatment got over i was called for follow uh, for frequent follow ups okay i was mm. called for frequent follow ups but then yeah. to the doctors told my parents that if at all anything happens if any it is a minor cold okay not a minor cold i would say but if it's a mi- mild fever mm. if your fever goes above uh, uh, 36 degrees celsius yeah or 99 degree fahrenheit fahrenheit yeah 99 okay if your um, fever goes above 99 degree fahrenheit then you have to immediately rush to parel wadia hospital from ambarnath only Okay. Either it be any time, either it be at the midnight, you have to directly rush to the hospital. And traveling two hours, having a child who is suffering from fever, is not easy. No, absolutely not. Yeah. You said it. Yeah, absolutely not for a child, especially. I yeah. mean, that's what I was asking you actually. What uh, I what did your parents go through? Have they disclosed like the kind of tensions they had gone through at that point in time? I mean. they would have had no clue as to how to get your treatment done how to get the money intact 
in time you know those things and your mum how, how it's her son out there grappling with the disease right um could you share a few thoughts on that uh if i talk about my mother there's this incident i remember from my from my hospital days i told you that the last stages of chemo are uh, fatal they can even yeah. cause death yes okay so i remember at the <clears throat> last stages i fell seriously sick okay i fell seriously sick i had lost all of my hair my body hair my eyelashes my eyebrows everything and then at that time i i don't my mother just told me that i was sick okay okay i don't know any of it my mother just told me that i was very sick i remember this incident this scene mm-hmm. which goes into my mind even right now when i'm talking to you i saw my mother running in the corridors of the hospital carrying me in her arms and crying running in the corridor holding me in her arms and crying okay i just remember this scene okay running right. was disclosed to me my mother said that you were seriously sick and i was worried for you that is why those tears came out of me okay wow it's it's an incident that you will always remember because I'll as children remember. you have a memory in your head it is uh, like only flashes of it right right yeah. i i understand i understand also um, what was your reaction when you first saw that uh, that sheet that said the report that said you're fully cancer free uh okay as i told you i did not even know that i had cancer yes i yes. did not even know that i had cancer until the age of 8 or 9 okay yeah after my treatment got completed after 2 years or 3 years my my treatment got completed i did not even know that i had cancer unless and until i started myself being inquisitive to my parents yes i heard my parents they were telling others okay i had gone through this and this disease so i overheard them no eavesdropping okay i overheard them and then i heard the word cancer and those days we had a tv of course we had a tv and in those days on the televisions you could see advertisements of cancer also in the uh, you know in the beginning of the movie you yeah, see yeah. smoking causes cancer and then there's a person comes named mukesh mukesh had the tongue cancer and all yeah. so i i had this thought okay if they're talking about me having cancer how is that even possible for me me okay tobacco causes cancer smoking causes cancer but at the mere age of 6 where did i where did i even consume all that i never smoked i never consumed tobacco or even did i uh, or never did i even consume anything which had tobacco in it does the chewing gum cause cancer does an eclair cause cancer does it these were the thoughts running in my mind and i started being inquisitive to my parents to inquisitive to my parents and then they were like giving me some you know uh, flashbacks saying that okay these were the things these were the things even my parents did not know that why cancer was i mean why i had suffered from cancer yeah okay so they just told me that okay so uh, sofian you had cancer in your childhood you know you remember you remember you uh, you spent your time in hospital due to due to which your school was left out for uh, 10 to 12 months told you i told you i remember that's because you had cancer okay, okay that's how they words. told you Yeah, that's that's how they do. And I, for a matter of fact, I was not at all worried about it. Okay, because when I got to know that I had cancer, I heard that cancer is very fatal. Cancer is very dangerous, and cancer is incurable. Not can't say incurable, but uh, you know it's very difficult to cure, cure yeah. cancer. Patients yeah. suffering from cancer, especially when it comes but to stage four. When I got to know about cancer, I was already cured. So I, I was not worried at all. these yeah. were my reactions and words statements you could say yeah Most. especially for a stage 4 cancer to get treated and you know come out of it is not easy at all absolutely um also one one more thing i would i should actually be asking your parents about how they felt when they saw the reports actually because it is a lot of their hard work as well yeah absolutely uh, it's uh, all it's their some, hard work. 
it's no yeah. you are also you are also in it partly but the <laughs> thing is the thing is um the fact that the caregivers effort always gets sidelined everybody concentrates on the, the uh, everybody concentrates on the patient and what so the patient is going through um what the caregiver does what the mental trauma that they go through seeing their loved one go through such a thing is always sidelined so what are your thoughts on that actually, what would you, you know, have to say to other caregivers out there what is your message to them other caregivers the message would i would give is do not leave out your child or the or your husband or anyone whom you whose care you are taking uh, when they are suffering from such a fatal disease okay the only as a survivor myself as a victim of ch- cancer myself i would say that a patient's moral support comes from the caregiver the times as i was a child so i did not remember much but the times the time the patient is this the patient is going through the caregiver has a major part the major role to play in it if the caregiver is brave enough if the caregiver is like okay you you will fight through it it doesn't matter it is not, nothing it's just a simple thing it's just abysmal and petty thing you can go through it you have a lot of more fights in your future waiting then if a caregiver gives such a moral support to you then you i think it's not very difficult for you to uh, conquer against cancer cancer or If any other disease you have that kind of support right yeah the support is all that matters the support is all that matters the support the love and the determination patience yeah patience the determination everything wow wow <laughs> it's amazing the way you're talking about such big such a huge thing like cancer someone like you who's so young and so i mean you're just 17 right Uh, it's amazing I'm going to be 17 going to be 17 16 going on 17 yes yeah. <laughs> amazing amazing so every day can you explain how your life used to be and how it is now after cancer before cancer you have how? certain memories of how your life used to be and now after cancer course, how course, i do i do have memories of uh, my pre cancer treatments okay uh, i as i told you i was a child but then too i have some memories right you know uh, before going before having cancer before suffering from cancer my family and i we had recently moved to a new home okay we have we had recently moved to a new home and there i had made friends there i had made friends it was an apartment there i had made friends then the friends and the major part what i remember is my, my the time i spent with my friends that is the major part because i always used to be out I didn't mm-hmm. even used to have proper food because okay. of the enjoyment I had those days. So the major part what I remember is being with my friends. I was with my friends. I remember being in school, in school where there was a there, there was this very cute little cute teacher whom I used to admire a lot. She used to support me in everything. Uh, she also gave me uh, chocolate when I got third prize in uh, drawing competition. Uh, I remember this. So, uh, okay, this sports day in which I participated as be- being a child, I remember that too. And I procured the third position. I remember, and the mistakes I did to have got that third position. Even I remember that. Oh my I, god! <laughs> I remember that. I remember that when I was running. Okay, when I was running, when the teacher said, "Only Max gets in go." While running, my shoe got off. It came out of my leg. So instead of continuing the run, I went back. Took my, I took back my shoe. Yeah, left out for of uh, for getting the first position, but yeah, got the third position. It's okay. It happens. Come on, so many more marathons to run. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, other than that, how much has your? It is definitely a life changing experience. Uh, you will agree. Okay. I would say that. I always wanted to be a normal child, an average child like any other. I want always. I never wanted a special treatment, and I wanted to be treated as a special child. Okay, when uh, my treatment got completed, my parents had already informed my teachers in school. Mm. Okay, they had already informed my teachers in school 
So even the teachers in school used to take special care of me. Okay, mm. which it it absolutely made me very awkward, feel very awkward. Okay, why is this happening? Why? 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 Why only me? Mm. Why am I not allowed to take part? Uh, why am I not allowed to run with my friends? These were the thoughts running because they my, were limiting the, you. They were limiting. They were limiting limiting me for everything, for everything. So that nothing happens to me actually. they being overprotective i would say overprotective i wouldn't say because obviously they wanted my health to be at pink they yes. wanted my health to be at pink so they took care of me on my parents saying okay if my parents wouldn't have informed them then okay everything would have gone yes down. but that again comes from uh, your parents hmm. being a little bit more over and uh, ha and I, i being born in 2003 17 november 2003 i being born in 2003 when i was suffering from this disease hmm. i was in senior kg okay senior kindergarten yeah. i was in senior kg but as i got this disease i had to leave school i right. was in the hospital for these many months i had to leave school in the middle and then because of this disease i had to repeat the senior kg class so all of my friends of those senior that senior kg batch had transferred to first standard whereas me i was left out in the senior kg i had to repeat it and during, since then because of that even now people are people tell me that oh okay they, they look at my id card and say oh you are born in 2003 we all are born in 2004 and 5 why are you so elder to us why <laughs> have you uh, had you got failed and i'm that like, is the ah. first thing will come yeah yeah, yeah that happens I'm, that happens okay, okay i say uh No, actually, that's a big story. I actually I never tell them. I just tell them, okay, if you want to know, I was just sick for some time, and that's why my parents didn't want me to left uh, be uh, be left behind. That's why they wanted me to relearn whatever I had lost. Yes, right, right. That is. Why I mean, that's one, a good answer. That's a good answer. Very neutral. Yeah, one one year of my studies, one year of my school was lost, mm-hmm. and that is why I would have even passed tenth this year. if it was oh, okay going good because <laughs> right. being being 16 and being 16 and already being in 10th standard uh, have not passing the 10th standard is like okay you're going to have everything late in your in your life you're going to get uh, graduated late hsc late job late mar- marriage late everything late <laughs> feels like that um that is just everyone putting the pressure on us uh, thinking that oh but my even then time is even going. then no one knows about it except for a few friends of my so one friend circle yeah that's except more for the, four to five i have never turned because i never want that kind of sympathy mm. you know you okay if i get to know something about someone okay, this person is suffering from this this disease this suffer this person is very weak this person is bad at studies then you know you have you get that uh, reactions spontaneously coming out of you oh that's so sad it shouldn't have happened uh, and then people tend to do that perspective the perspective of how that person looks at you changes yeah that is okay true. instead of being normal and acting normal being a friend they more be like okay you don't suffer do you don't worry i do sympathize you you have oh my, my uh, you have my sympathy don't worry you we going to do uh, all this together i mean okay i do not want this i do not want this what you want I is empathy no aha uh-huh, empathy of course if you want to if you want to have empathy then okay if you want to empathize me okay i'm i'm uh, okay i'm not uh, mad at, at you for that but if you are going to make me feel low then please get out of my life <laughs> yeah That's i completely agree any person going through such a disease will always want empathy not sympathy but as the society we live in doesn't always you know work that way you know and if considering the stigmas attached to this word cancer cancer uh, of course cancer has been stigmatized since the early uh, 20th century i would say yes since the early 20th century and uh, have you faced any of these stigmas i i would i would not say because i haven't disclosed it to any of my friends only a few of my parents uh, close ones they know about my treatment i would say my parents have a lot of people close to them so they have told a lot of people uh, everyone in their 
the relations they have told uh, that their my child has suffered from this and this disease so whenever they come over or i go over to their place for uh, you know for a mere visit or any occasion and something similar to that okay. then they are like beta uh, how are you are you good is everything all oh, right oh okay 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 that <laughs> makes me feel so awkward okay why the hell did i come here i shouldn't have <laughs> And whenever they come out to my place, how are you, son? Everything is good, right? There's something that's a problem. Tell me something that's a problem. Think about your own self. Why are you worried about me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the tendency is there. They want to show that they are concerned about you, but it comes out in a different way. It comes out in a different way. It feels like as if, okay, you know about it okay these are my thoughts okay you know about it mm-hmm. uh, my parents had told you a long time yeah you only visited me once in the hospital why right. are you so much worried right now why <laughs> what does the what does that matter with you are you interested in our family matters why are you so interested <laughs> okay if you want to if you want to have concern then it's fine but do not pressurize me don't make me feel awkward right right absolutely absolutely i would completely agree with you when it comes to sympathy and empathy there a person like this going through such a journey will only want empathy right okay. and my final question to you what are your words of wisdom out there to everybody watching this video something someone has gone you've gone to you wake up with so much gratitude every day i can see that on your face it's a second life it's a second chance at everything you know if it weren't for the kind of treatment you got if you weren't for the kind of people you had and the support system that you were talking about before um maybe maybe not things would have been different we don't know there's a different there are so many possibilities out there so many different routes life takes and i'm so happy we're sitting here and having this conversation that life went this route and uh, here I, you are i have <laughs> i hadn't even thought that there would come a time where i had to i would have to recount everything to to another person <laughs> it would be inspiring as a third party to other people you know this is something unimaginable after 10 years of your treatment you are called up to inspire other people so that they do not lose hope they do not being a cancer yes. Exactly. being a cancer survivor if you are able to do such a good act then the purpose of your life is absolutely fulfilled wow god has given you a chance so that you could do something and here you are doing it you have a purpose and you will not go that easily unless the purpose is fulfilled, fulfilled. right yeah absolutely right wow amazing i have had such nice time having this conversation with you sofian <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time out thank I you so much i actually thank you and the whole of <laughs> our whole of your management from zen and zenonco and lovely for providing me this opportunity to be well spoken in front of such an amazing personality as, as <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. an issue at all is a very normal conversation it is what yeah. we we are just trying to inspire people spread the awareness if it, i mean as another person going through such a journey when they see you and they see the fact that oh this is a person who has gone through this okay then i can also do it i am not alone in this journey so that relating that they are able to relate to your story which would push them and give them more inspiration and motivation to work harder at you know i can definitely vouch for this because you would have had times where you would have thought forget it i'm i'm done i have had enough i'm definitely at you that know, point would, in time uh, i would share this with you that i told you i had many friends in the ward my ward mates there was this elder brother okay the elder brother of mine he is a maharashtrian so i used to call him dada okay. i used to call him dada what happened in the last stages of chemo he couldn't bear it okay i i think as as far as i, I have go, grown as a teenager right now so i think now when when i've got that mind when i've got that brain i understand his situation what he had gone through during his days because i being a child mere 6 years old can pass that uh, last stages of chemotherapies then why can't he being 
elder to me being a teenager go through it that was all in the mind you know that was all in the mind if i imagine myself having cancer at this age or even at 13 to 14 where my mind was much matured than a uh, 6 year old i would say that just the thought of having cancer would lead me to depression and that would have caused my death i think the mind plays a very important role you know the all Said the it. things you have in your mind all the things you have in your mind okay okay i'm going through this what will happen of me in the future what, what am i going to do am i going to be neglected and all the thoughts they run in your mind you know if i ponder over it right now or even any time i just feel that i was lucky enough it was all a grace of god that i had got cancer but at a very young age yes Because minds young minds that do not know young child minds that do not know what they are going through they just know they just know that okay i am sick i've gone to a doctor the doctor will treat me and i'll get well this is the what basic, is in their mind okay. yeah the basic instinct of every human being is to fight is is endurance this human spirit has endurance in it so it unless and until you actually has that forefront ki oh, okay this is what it is then you start worrying about it and then your endurance comes down it that actually does and i still remember him he was a very good good person i would say he was uh, he was act- he uh, always acted as an elder brother he said like okay you know i'm going to teach you this i'm going to teach you this you know and you you could do you could fight like this like this like this okay and uh, whatever he did he used to tell stories of him playing with his friends mm. i could just not even imagine of him being passed out at such an early age yeah okay right. so i just uh, think okay, what would have happened if i had gotten cancer at his is his age or at this time i don't think ponder was, over it right yeah, you ponder I, over it i do ponder over it it would not have been possible for me to survive it because of the thoughts because i you know you know i at times i am overthinker i am an overthinker are it real it's not <laughs> just you this lockdown especially <laughs> this lockdown has yep. worsened this condition so much at yeah. nights when you don't feel sleepy you you have wild thoughts running in your mind yes either it's about the past or it's about the future it's never the present never okay. never never, never. Uh-huh. so you have these thoughts running in your mind i just imagine if i had cancer at this age the thoughts itself would have killed me before the cancer did oh my god <laughs> each person has their own journey you were lucky enough to go this way and it is i i feel i'm saying this out of my my own experience with you right now i feel very honored the first time i'm in uh, being and talking on call with someone so much more younger than me and who has gone through such a age uh, such a disease at an even more younger age you know so i feel very honored i feel very inspired and wow hearing you talk the way you're talking uh keep on inspiring all of us keep I'm inspiring honored. thank keep, you <laughs> keep inspiring the way you do be yourself uh times are hard right now but uh, it's always going to get better 